0: Plus. From the Star Rental
1: Sports Desk, your 950 KJR Sports Headlines.
2: All righty, boys and girls, here we go. Headlines on a Thursday afternoon live from the Central Bar and Restaurant in Bellevue. Update, of course, is brought to you by our friends at Buddy's Goodies and Glass. It's always 420 at Buddy's Baby. Stuck the Kraken's tentacle. Uh, speaking of the, t- the Kraken, by the way, I almost said speaking of tentacles. Speaking of the Kraken, uh, they got beat last night in Anaheim 3-1. The Kraken now 10-16-3. They will host the Oilers on Saturday at Climate Pledge Arena. All three Bears coordinators, Mama Bear, Daddy Bear, and Baby Bear, and COVID protocols, may not wow. be able to coach this weekend. Jeez. <laughs> That deserves a rim shot if I can find one. <laughs> Holy crap. And
3: uh, All-SEC freshman and third-team All-American cornerback Eli Ricks has transferred from LSU to Alabama. How what? do you think they feel in Baton Rouge no. about that one?
2: What was the Bear story again?
3: Uh, all three coordinators are yeah. in COVID protocols. That would be Papa Bear, Mama
2: Bear, and Baby Bear.
3: Well, you're just slow on the trigger. That's this.
2: I told you. (laughs) Not my fault. Uh, NFL, uh, Cleveland versus Vegas on Sunday. Baker Mayfield has COVID. His backup quarterback, Case Keenum, has COVID. That means that right now Nick Mullins is set to start for the Browns against the Raiders this weekend. Nation's
3: number one running back, Michigan State's Kenneth Walker, skipping the Peach Bowl. He will prepare for the
2: NFL draft. And Urban Meyer, in case you didn't see it, fired last night. As the coach of the Jaguars, he lasted 13 games. Daryl Bevel is your interim head coach for the rest of the year. Mike Holmgren joins us right now on 950 KJR
1: to me. Don't give me that hand. Don't do that to me. Your home for the 12th man and the NFL presents Mike Holmgren. Hey, on sprint option. If they rush that guy that wide, loaded doesn't get it done. They'll go to something else. Brought to you by Toyota of Kirkland. Check out their entire vehicle inventory at toyotaofkirkland.com or stop by their showroom. Buy Redbox. Redbox has the newest movies fresh from the theater for under two bucks a night. Go to the box or stream on demand and buy real steel. If you want power and reliability, you want to steal. Find yours at steeldealers.com. This is
4: what I have my little peewee guy, Pop Warner, when I start coaching. They can do it better than you guys. And I paid them in popsicles,
1: not millions of dollars. Now, Mike Holmgren on Seattle Sports Radio 950, KJR. But you know what I mean. Yeah, Okay, start it that way. No, you can't, okay? Yeah. All right, because everyone's riding on your shoulders now
2: back here at the Central Bar and Restaurant in Bellevue our home away from home on Thursdays uh, really it's our home away from home on Thursdays Dick so this guy does not have to fight traffic and drive to downtown Seattle. That's all right. That's why we did this in the first place. And it really goes to show you how much pull you've got, man. Well, it makes doesn't it make all the sense in the world? It totally does, yes. yes. Or or maybe you like to get in traffic. Do you like the traffic downtown? No, no,
4: I don't. No, no. I would get so frustrated. Well, you know, I I, I don't
2: have much of a temper anymore. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Except the problem is we've been begging the radio station for years to let us do a show from a bar and finally you show up and they say yes. So it shows you how much bull you've got versus us. But our weekly visit with Mike Holmgren is brought to you by your local steel dealer. If you want power and reliability, you want to steal. To find a dealer nearest you, visit Steel steeldealers.com. Com. Well, Mike Holmgren's with us. Good to see you. Appreciate you stopping by and jumping on the air with us and talking some foosball. And, man, lots to go over. First of all, Urban Meyer fired last night by Shad Khan, the owner of the Jaguars. He goes 2-11. and, 11. and uh, Our old buddy Daryl Bevel, uh, the former Seahawk offensive coordinator, who, by the way, did not call that throw. It was Carroll that made the call. Figure it out. I'm tired of correcting people. He's the interim head coach in Jacksonville, but... How about Urban Meyer? And I was talking to Dick off the air about this. Who's more toxic right now, John Gruden or Urban Meyer? He says Urban Meyer. What do you think? No, I wouldn't go.
4: I, I wouldn't go that far. But I would. I tell you, I was. I was shocked. Yeah, I was really shocked. I know he's going through some stuff and he's done some stuff, and he comes off kind of cranky and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> but after 13 games, it's it's unbelievable. I was thinking. Now this may be way off the charts, but that. He all of a sudden, all of a sudden, he's not enjoying life at all. Right. During this whole time, so how do I? What do I? You know, what do I do? How do I get out of this thing? You know, whatever. Right. But the problem is, kick a kicker, get fired. Yeah, but the problem <laughs> is, yeah, kickers. Well, you well, I don't blame him for that. <laughs> but uh, but you know, they he, gosh, and then but the problem is, his contract. He has got a huge contract, and so. When you release a guy, you know the rules in the NFL. If, if you fire somebody, normally you have to pay him. If he resigns, you don't, typically, uh, unless he's fired for cause. Right. So then you get into a legal thing. But I was, you know what, um, the college game is different than the pro game. It just is. You know, when you're you're king of the mountain, you guys know this. You've covered Washington forever. And different college coaches, they're, they're the king. They're way more important than the president of the university. And now you get into the NFL and you have to answer to some people, the players, instead of running through the wall, they ask, why do you want me to do that? Yeah. And they're not used to that.
3: This Jim, just Josh Lambeau thing is, is crazy. And I know you didn't, not even with a kicker. I, I'm sure you didn't kick anybody as a head coach. But did you ever drop the line that Urban dropped afterwards Is I'm the head coach, I can do whatever the bleep I want? Because that's how he responded when Lambo said, You can't kick me.
4: Yeah. Well, <laughs> no, I never, I did, I honestly never did kick anybody, but I, I have had shoot the lead on, the lead into the, the show had me yelling, Don't do that to me. You know, you've heard that many times. Right. We had a kicker in Green Bay my first year there. In fact, I got a call from some writer in Green Bay that wants me to refer, call, talk about this. I'm sure it's in reference to Urban Meyer. I'm not sure I want to put him back. But we had a kicker, Chris Jackie. Yep. okay I come out to practice my first practice they're all stretching the whole team stretching the kicker and the punter are over on the on the uh, the benches on the on the bleachers there, kind of lo- reading books and doing stuff you know I go <laughs> who are those guys I asked I asked somebody <laughs> they said well those are our kickers I said go right to my assistant go over and get them, tell them to come over here so they came over I said hey we're stretching here it's a team we don't you know we, we go over there you know I go not anymore. You don't do that. You go stretch. Find a spot. Stretch. <laughs> I know. So don't they want to be part of the team? Not this. Guy. He was. A, he was a little. He he and I. That was not a good marriage. And he was an excellent kicker. Right.
2: But they're not real players, though. I've said that for decades. They're really <laughs> not. They're just kind of accessories, well, right? They they. I'll tell you what. Some of them are,
4: and some of them are accessories. Yeah. Yeah. You yeah. Know, I had a. We had a punter once here. You know that. I won't mention names. But, oh, boy, did they give him a hard time. Oh, in the locker room, I had to bail him out of so many things because oh. he just—he didn't know how to do it. He didn't know how to fit in, you know? Okay, which
2: one? Oh, you can't say stuff like that. I can't? No, because then Dick and I just spend the entire hour not paying attention to our, anything was, you're saying, our thinking about the punter that you're talking about. No, it was our punter, you know, and they— d- wasn't John Ryan, was it? No.
0: Okay,
2: <laughs> what, what year? <laughs> Remember, it was, it was the
4: punter we had. It was punter. He was a pretty good punter, a long punter. Well, the year we went, went to the Super Bowl, I
2: think. Okay. Anyway, oh, it was uh, Tom. Who? Tom um, from Denver. the The, no, 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 the no, ex-Bronco. No, no, no. no. Well, he,
4: um, Tom, Trump ruined? No. Yeah,
2: but no, that, no, no. that was your kicker the year you went to the Super Bowl. Oh no, we, we
4: drafted a guy. And anyway, he, they'd all do things in his locker and upset him. They, <laughs> You know, the players just were ruthless on him. And he'd come into my office and he goes,
2: they don't like me. I go, what?
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I got a text from a buddy of mine who wants me to ask you, ask Mike if he ever wanted to physically kick a kicker. The way Urban Meyer did. I think wanting to do anything like that and actually doing it, right. you have to draw the line. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah, I so. want to drive my car through a 7-Eleven, but that would not be a good idea. Well, uh, I mean, do you think he's done coaching? Is he just too toxic where he's going to have a really hard time, just like John in some ways, getting a job? Yeah, I
4: think so. In in, in the NFL, mm-hmm. certainly, now in college. Yeah. You could, you could you know he said, had such a remarkable record as a college coach. 187-32. Yeah, yep. you you can't argue with his success. I mean he's he did a marvelous job and, and uh, but uh, there's going to be a timeout here for a while. He's got to honestly he's got to decide if he wants to keep doing this. Right. You know because I think that was it seemed to me by acting doing some of the things he did he almost came into the league said man I don't like this that much. Right. You know, not, not maybe not, but he. You know, that's what it seemed like to me. Was it Ryan Plackemeyer? Yes. Yeah. Yes. Fudge,
3: yeah. Fudge guy. <laughs> well, yeah, Fudge boy. Remember yeah. Ryan Plackemeyer. Ryan
2: Plackemeyer got picked on by everybody. Is what you're telling us. Oh my goodness! Terrible. I. I you
4: might tell you. I can't tell you. Any, I can't tell you any stories.
2: Why not? But tell us were, a story. No, no. I can't. Nobody's tuning in. Just no, tell us no, a story. No, no. We'll no. Keep it between us. No, I can't.
4: I promised Ryan when he left. He's crying in my office. I said. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not <gonna> tell you.
3: <laughs> well, Coach, there's been 12 college coaches to jump to the NFL since 2000. All right, and we're not counting Pete Carroll because he was a head coach in the NFL prior. Only Jim Harbaugh has succeeded. Five others were around 500. Six were terrible. Why do you think that is? That's a terrible ratio. That's one out of 12.
4: Well, for the reasons I, I stated earlier, I think Dick, they are they are so used to. Uh, saying something they they were in college they're dictators. They can say something, they can say anything. Anyone goes anywhere, they do that. No one's going to challenge them, particularly if they've had a good record in college and their things are working, you know. They come into the NFL. There's an owner. There's a general manager typically and that relationship, see I think in 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 his case, I think he had final say and everything, but he has a general manager, you got to deal with it. And then the players. You know, you, all of a sudden, you don't have a freshman quarterback you're dealing with. You're dealing with Joe Montana. Yeah. And all of a sudden, you, do, you know, you, it's just different. And so you have to decide if you're going to be a hard guy, if you're going to be a hard guy, and just my way or the highway, right. it does, that's hard to do. And so those guys on that list, I saw that list today. Mm-hmm. All of them, including, well, I don't know about Jim, because he's had a pretty good record. All of those other guys, I know most of them. And they—that's how they looked at it. That's how they were going to do it. Right. I'm a dictator. You do this. Don't give. Don't even look cross-eyed at me. We're going to do it this way. And same thing with staff. Same thing with the coaching
2: staff. Yeah. Well, now there's another COVID outbreak all over sport. It's not just in the NFL. The NHL is having problems. The Montreal Canadiens uh, shut out their fans today in, in Montreal. They're a little more stringent in Canada, of course, up there for. You know, a lot of different reasons, but the Bulls had issues a week ago. The Kyrie Flames had issues earlier this week. Uh, And now Baker Mayfield of the Browns, Case Keenum of the Browns. Uh, The Rams have like 16 guys in COVID protocol. Had a bunch of guys miss the game on Monday night as well. They're talking about the potential for maybe a postponement for the Seahawks game on Sunday. Um, But the NFL did come out today, which I think is a good move, and they changed their policy. They say if you're testing positive to avoid a false positive, if you test negative the next day twice, you can come back. Are you cool with that? I'm very cool with that. Yeah. I'm very cool with that because I,
4: I read it where Higby tested it was a false positive, and all of a sudden you're the coach and you're missing a locket or somebody for a game, an important game. Both teams.
0: I'm talking about
2: in that case, I
0: pronounce you lucky.
3: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
4: But the Rams too, both teams, right? Is a really big game, and I think every the fan, everybody wants to, you want to see the best players playing and competing that way. And if uh, this is a better way to do it, in my opinion, it really is. Having said that. I'd be so upset. I would be so upset. I can hardly tell you if, if a bunch of all of a sudden a bunch of guys got COVID on the on the team because they were reckless,
0: mm-hmm.
4: you know, and selfish. Right, and that would drive me cuckoo.
0: What's
3: the end game in all this, though? Because you know, I don't think this disease is going anywhere. No. I mean, it's gonna be—it's gonna be here next year. It's gonna be here in five years. We're gonna be here in ten years. I mean, are, do you think we the NFL is just always going to have this separate protocol for this particular disease?
4: I don't think it will. I think eventually, uh, what, what, hap- what everyone has to do is get vaccinated. You gotta yeah. get vaccinated and get your booster. Yeah, everyone should do that. And if, if I was in charge of the world, I would mandate that. I would say, you've got to do this. Right. Because it's spreading out, and it's you want it to go away. You want us to get back to normal. You want us to get back to the things That's the only we way.
2: enjoyed. Yeah. This is how you do it. But a lot of these cases in the NFL are breakthrough cases, and they're asymptomatic, right? Like, a lot of these guys actually have vaccinations. Right. They have their booster shots, and some of them are still getting covid but they're just not showing symptoms or going to the hospital, which is not enough for the NFL. The NFL says if you have COVID, you have to go into a protocol yeah. whether you're sick or not. You know, I don't want to be – I'm not sure I believe all that stuff. You don't believe what? That these players are vaxxed? Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, Antonio Brown got a fake vax card for his the They don't have to. So you, who knows? No one can <laughs>
4: ask – no one, as far as I understand, you cannot ask that question.
2: If they're vaxxed or not. Right. Yeah.
4: You know, legally, you can't ask them.
2: Well, then how do they know which players that they – because basically they're lepers if they're not vaxxed, right? they separate protocols yeah. for the vaccinated yeah. and the yeah. unvaccinated. They, they, can't, they can't do this. They can't do that. they got to sit in a corner and eat by themselves and all that stuff. Yeah, but I mean – They've got to know. They have to know, Mike.
4: Yeah, I don't know.
2: Yeah. Well, I mean, the whole I, I thing – But to, to
4: Dick's point, to get back to normal, Mandated. it. Yeah. At, but
2: then the Buffalo got in trouble early in the year. Yeah. Remember, they said the GM, you he know, they
3: cut players if they were unvaccinated. Yeah. yeah.
2: Well, I think I think the NFL has, and they probably can't mandate it because of the agreement with the players. That's right. Right. That's but right. they've come as close to mandating it as they can get with these obviously guidelines yeah. for unvax players. And apparently, Aaron Rodgers, I, I guess, is one of them. But let's get away from that for a second. Talk about what this means for the Hawks if Tyler Lockett doesn't play in the game on Sunday against the Rams. How how big, it's big, yeah. The way he's been playing, I mean, he's 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 shooting lights out,
4: it's really amazing. Uh, and yeah, I mean, uh, they'll have other players playing in that position. If you you know, same with if someone gets injured, you have to the next guy up, you've heard it many times. The next guy step in, we go on. That's all well and good, except yeah. if you lose a Tyler Lockett, right? yes, or you lose, uh, you know, someone else. Look at Chris Carson, losing Chris Carson. What did that mean to the team this year? Mm -hmm. Huge. Well, next man up. we got other guys. Well, okay, but it's not the same.
3: Well, now your next man up is running like Chris Carson. At least he did last week. And every time Rashad Penny has gotten 12 or more touches, he's gotten 100 yards and a touchdown. So what did you see? How much was it Rashad Penny that you were impressed with, and how much was it that Houston run defense that certainly doesn't look like the Rams run defense?
4: Houston is one of the poorest defensive teams I've seen in the last few years.
3: <laughs>
4: Honestly, they're, they're, they're horrible.
2: Yeah. But
4: having said that, he, was, he impressed me. I was happy for him. Yeah. Because he's been, you know, a lot was expected of him. He hasn't been able to play because of injury. And he did some really nice things in that game. He showed speed, showed hitting the hole, showed toughness. I liked it. So for him... I'm hopeful these last four games. And then the Seahawks, then they have a decision to make. Prior to that, I think the decision decision was made. Now then, now they have to rethink that. I yeah, think. But
2: you just got done saying Houston Awful. is one of the worst defenses Awful. you ever saw. Awful. So how could you make any decision on Rashad Penny based on that performance? Well, you got. I said the last four games, the last five. Okay. Games. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah. Well, because I think this. I think you can bring him back, but you can't bring him back in any kind of significant role. You want to bring him back to be a depth guy to compete for a, you know maybe a second or third spot. But you, you, Mike, you can't say no. I'm going to teach you something here. Good. You cannot say no. To a potential starting running back Or a guy that you like in the draft Because of Rashad Penny You can't Hello
3: He's thinking
2: Yeah He's Mikey's missed half the games He's supposed to
4: play in Half Well that's the thing You know you, you can't To commit Long term We all see when you commit And it's a mistake when it affects the salary cap And how it affects your whole team We've seen that. We've seen it on other teams too, and so no, he's. He, you know what? Uh, it'll be an interesting decision. Let me put it that way.
3: Kevin Harlan mentioned this to me on Wednesday. He mentioned a guy that he thinks would fit perfectly with the Seahawks next year, Sony Michelle. What would you see from Sony Michelle Monday night with the Rams?
4: Good player. I like how he works. I like how he hits the hole. I, I like how he plays. Um, He's is, kind I, of a
3: Seahawk running back, isn't yeah, he? Just yeah,
4: like he is. Hit it in there, yeah, yes. North and south. Yeah, and then you know what? But I I tell you what. We talk about the Seahawk running back, or we talk about the receivers. We talk about what is the offense going to be? Right. You know, and so maybe they have to retool and rethink some of that stuff on the type of player they want.
2: Uh, but I like him too, Dick. I do. Yeah. Well, uh, I want to go back and talk more about the Houston game because, it, look, obviously you got to start somewhere, and the offenses look pretty good the last couple weeks, 63 points in the last two games combined against San Francisco and Houston. And I guess I would feel maybe a little less optimistic about it if they did not have the game they had two weeks ago against the Niners, if it was just the Houston game. So even though the Texans stink and they're awful and everything you're saying is totally correct about that did you see things from the offense that led you to believe cuz dick mentioned like some of the throws that russell was making the accuracy you know getting to lockett who again if he's not playing sunday a different animal but did you see things from the offense that led you to believe that hey maybe these guys are clicking regardless of who they're playing yeah i
4: did uh, you know i really did i liked how they they you know lockett they used everybody they threw the ball around Yep, Metcalf was involved. They threw it long, they short, they shoot through it medium. They mixed it up pretty good, better than I've seen them in games in the past. Russell looks better. Obviously, Penny gave him a, a little, little juice in there. So yeah, it was better, you know. And so, and uh, look at, uh, you know, Houston isn't as bad as they look to me. I'm sure, but right. but they uh, the forty nine. I couldn't agree with you more. The forty nine er game gives you more. A better feeling
2: about what they're going, what they're going to go now through the through the end of the season. Well, the Rams just announced they have nine more guys in COVID protocol. That means they have twenty five players on the COVID list. And I don't know about you guys, Dick, but I'm starting to see a path where this game may not happen on Sunday. Yep.
3: What would you do, Coach? If you're the coach of the Seahawks, I mean, you're kind of you kind of have to be able to dictate something to the NFL here. I mean. They're just gonna push back, push back, push back like they did last year, I would assume that the game could be Monday, then it could be Tuesday. We had one game even played on Wednesday last right.
4: week. I remember that. I, th- I think I think they I think we have to this is Thursday. Yeah. And under the new protocols they really have two days to get a lot of these guys back unless they unless they've been really unless it's really serious. Right. Twenty-five guys. Gee. Well, and they're not practicing
3: all week, basically. Yeah, yeah. I mean the yeah. whole
2: team's shut down. Half yeah. your roster is not even available yeah. to be in the facility. Yeah, no.
3: <laughs> well, Why are the Hawks even still underdogs? To be perfectly honest with you, <laughs> I mean, yeah, they haven't practiced all week. Yeah, I, I no. It just adds
4: a, you know, it's a to me, it's a shame. It's really a shame. You have two two teams rivalry. They've gone at it. Against each other for years, right? And it comes down to the big story of this game is who's going to be able to play because they tested positive and all. Yeah, this
2: well, kind of but stuff. but here and here's the real kind of bummer for everybody from just a football perspective is that if the game does get pushed back, a team fighting for their playoff lives and a team fighting for a division championship. Then has to turn around on like three or four days rest and play a short week the next Sunday. Right. So everything gets thrown out of whack. We'll get a break. Mike Holmgren's with us from the Central Barn Restaurant in Bellevue. We'll continue with him next on 950 KJ Radio and podcast you'll love.
1: Now back to Mike Holmgren. Brought to you by Toyota of Kirkland, by Redbox, and by your steel dealers. On your home for the 12th man in the NFL, Seattle Sports Radio 950 KJR. You got a favorite
2: uh, holiday artist, Christmas song, singer? Yeah, I do. But, but, no, uh, you're... Oh, we're going to make fun of you. Yeah, you are. (laughs) No, 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 no. I love (laughs) old school Christmas songs. See, I'm with you on the old school stuff. There's three guys. Who do you like? Nat King Cole. Boom. Boom.
4: Perry Como. Boom. And Johnny Mathis. Boom. I was going to say, how about
2: Bing Crosby? Yeah, Bing. How about Andy Williams back in the day? How about Frank Sinatra? Not Andy, not Frank, no. Okay, fine. (laughs) Nobody's Ah. perfect. I thought you'd say like Michael Bublé or somebody. No, (laughs) Josh Groban. Hey, there he is. There's another one. (laughs) God, Why do you go. tell Jackson? Jackson's got a thought on Christmas music. He says you can't start listening until when, Jackson? Uh, the 18th for me. 18th for him. Yeah, a week we before. We're not yeah, even not, Christmas season. Not you have
3: a Christmas tree put up yet, Jackson? I, I do. I put it up after Thanksgiving. But the thing well, here is, my, that's Mike, that's Mike here's my, here's my thing, Mike. It's the fact, that, and let me see if you, you at least understand me, because these two idiots don't. <laughs> <laughs> it's the fact that Christmas music for me, I get so tired of it so fast. No. I can only listen to a lot of it for about a week, and then I get tired of it. Jackson, with all due respect, you're too young. (laughs) Oh, well, that's
2: true. I am 10 years old. The
4: the respect is is missing there. You'll you'll get there. You don't know what the
2: hell you're talking about, says Mike. And I'm I'm with him, by the way. Well, we're here at the Central Barn restaurant in Bellevue. Mike's with us, hanging out until 520 before the Chiefs and Chargers coming up on KJR. So we asked you off the air during the break, the Rams got 25 guys in covert protocol. How many players would you need? to really feel comfortable fielding a football team. And you asked Curtis, I texted Florio, yep. nobody seems to know. that. I mean, there may not even be a minimum. You know, the league will make these decisions, obviously, as they go along, but this has never been an issue like this before. And they would not cancel the game. They would postpone the game. There's too much money on the line. How many players would you need as a coach to feel comfortable playing a game?
4: Well, when I was coaching, you had 45. Right. Okay? Not all the guys played. So you have to have a backup in the offensive line, maybe two. You have to have a back. You know you have. Uh, but I would say
3: the absolute minimum. Yep. Forty, forty guys, forty-two, forty-three,
4: well, some in there. Okay.
3: Would the NFL just tell them, hey, you got to treat them like injured players? You got to go pick up players off the street. That's right. Well, look at look at it this way. Just
4: think of if you had in the old days the way it was set up, and all of a sudden, in the first on the opening kickoff you lose two guys on the opening offensive play you lose two more yeah. you're playing with you're playing then the game with 41 people right or right? well, 40
3: with lucky land slots you can get lucky just about anywhere
0: dearly beloved we are gathered here today to has anyone seen the bride and groom
3: sorry sorry we're here we were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time
2: no lucky land casino with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry In that case,
0: I pronounce you lucky.
3: Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.
2: How many players, you said? 41? 41. Yeah.
3: 41 yards!
2: (laughs) Sorry. Go ahead. It's a disease. (laughs) I can't help myself.
4: You don't even want to think about it because it was, uh, yeah, it's tough.
2: Well, look, I mean, I, I just think that I can see a path where this game isn't played on Sunday and then you're kind of in limbo, and you're sitting around waiting for things to happen, but one of the things we did see last weekend that was good was D.K. Metcalf, and even the week before, kind of finally getting involved, and a lot of people are making cracking jokes about this. You know, why is it so hard for D.K. Metcalf to find or Russell Wilson to find D.K. Metcalf? Maybe he needs a map to know where the hell D.K. is. Maybe his GPS isn't turned on when he's looking at D.K. Metcalf as a wide receiver, but I find it crazy that this guy isn't getting more involved.
4: I know. uh, You know what, it Does beg the question, you know? Uh, I, but he's a young player still learning how to play the position. Honestly, uh, the little things to get open to help yourself get open, other than just the play itself. Yep. I think Shane Waldron. He said they've dialed up. They've dialed up plays for him, and other teams are more aware of him now than they were with maybe his rookie year. So they're kind of doing defensively, taking things away. But you know, there are players that like a like a. Um, Locker or like Doug Baldwin, I thought. Yeah, uh, And now the name is Casey, but the kid, he, the guy who just retired from New England, who always was the receiver for Brady to go oh, to. Um, oh, you know, Julian Element. Julian, yeah. guys like that. They know, they're so smart, and they know how to find the open spot, and if they got good hands, they're going to catch more balls. It's just, that's
3: the way it is. You always talk about writing your notes during the game. Well, I got a note here. I want to see if you agree with that I wrote during the game. I said the Seahawk run game needed Houston to be what it was. The pass game would have worked against anybody yeah. because I thought those balls were on the money regardless of the coverage. you agree with that? That's right. They were. He, he threw the ball well,
4: in the cut. Co- but the coverage was very bad. Yes, it was. You know, the deep. The, the they. It. it uh, so was the rush. Yeah, I mean, it was just it was not good, but. You're exactly right, Dick. I mean, he was he was throwing it was thrown with confidence. Throwing, that's what happens in the game. You start the game and you hit a couple, bang, bang, and, and you get them kind of backing up and on the ropes. You you start feeling it as yeah. a player, as a quarterback, yeah, and as maybe a receiver. The offensive line. Steve Hutchinson and not Walt because he never said anything. But Steve Hutchinson would come to me and goes, "We got him. Keep pounding it. Keep pounding. You know, there's that feeling hmm. that that take the players. They feel it.
2: And then you got to just let them roll. Yeah. You know? Would you Would you ever allow players like a guy like Hutchinson, who is respected and established and you trusted, to kind of maybe dictate or not dictate, but influence you a little bit? Like if you were kind of thinking about, hey, maybe it's time to start throwing the ball a little bit, and then Steve showed up and said, no, let's let's keep hammering these guys. We got this. Would that influence you at all? Uh,
4: depending on what the situation in the game was. Yeah. Because the player. The player never understands. He did not think about that. He thinks about he thinks how, he, how he's just beating the heck out of the guy in front of him. Right. He's not thinking about the other guy on the other side who's hitting the quarterback. Yeah. You know. Yep. And so, yeah, you listen to him. And I, I did that once. They came in and they you could sense that pounded, pounded. I had that feeling when we played Carolina in the championship game. Mm. You know, and you've seen the picture of Walter Jones taking that one defensive lineman. Oh yeah. And knocking him twenty yards. Right. And that they, it, you just knew it, so let's go. it. Let's do this.
3: This defense held Houston. Yes, it was Houston. 3 of 15 on third and fourth downs. One out of three in the red zone, 2.5 yards per carry. But that has been the recipe for this defense all year long. So what are you seeing? Are, are, are you seeing some encouraging things with this defense?
4: I am because I think they've, they've really, they really know who they are now. If they didn't before, they probably did in the beginning. But now that it's showing up, you know that they can play a game. The only thing is, it, it was different against Houston. But in the other three games, the other games, if you sustain, if they're on the field too long, they can get tired. Yeah. And they've been a bend but don't break, and been really good in the red zone defense. That's been a formula, like you guys were in 05. Yeah, but they, but the thing is also, then your offense. Doesn't have enough time. Yeah. Then they ha- offense has to hit big plays because they're not the you know the time of possession is still Houston still had the advantage in time of possession mm-hmm. in that game as crazy as that sounds. Yeah. But uh, Russell's able to hit the big plays, so it's working if you can hit the big plays and and still. Be really good in the red zone
2: how the hell is cooper cup always open i want to ask you that next as we continue from the central barn restaurant in bellevue softy and dick with mike holmgren right here on 950 kjr
1: now back to mike holmgren brought to you by toyota of kirkland by redbox and by your steel dealers on your home for the 12th man in the nfl seattle sports radio 950 kjr Chestnuts
2: roasting on an open fire. There you go, coach. Jackson. Jack Cole. Frost
4: oh, nipping at your nose. You can't argue with that, can you? Nope. No. You I'm going to start I to cry. That's why
2: we're playing him. We're going to see you in tears. This makes you feel all warm and fuzzy, doesn't it, inside? And Jackson doesn't want to hear this for two like more days. I like this. this is no, great. he'll change his mind. Believable. Let me work on him a little bit. All right. Well, Mike Holmgren's with us from the Central Barn Restaurant in Bellevue. Uh, Fat Tony Smith is going to join us from Jacksonville. Coming up next segment. Fat Tony, that sounds like a guy that you want in your corner, yeah, for I know. sure. I know. He does a radio show in Jacksonville. He will join us next and talk about Urban Meyer. Uh, we got Chargers and Chiefs at 5:20, but Cooper Cup, man. Leads the league in targets, leads the league in receptions, leads the league in yards, and leads the league in touchdowns. I'm watching that game on Monday night, and the guy is always open. How does he do that?
4: Well, one thing he's he's uh, smart, and he's he's. I think he I think he fools people. I think he's he's more athletic and faster, and 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 just more athletic than people give him credit for. Yep, and. He reminds me a lot of, and I, even though he's not quite as big as Dwight Clark, when Dwight was with the 49ers, he just knew where the spots were. He knew he he caught everything. Everything you threw him, he caught. Right. And, uh, you know, he was one of the big reasons the 49ers, the West Coast offense, who replaced runs with these types of throws,
3: you see Cooper Cup doing the same thing. Plus, they can challenge you down the field. Gerald Everett, who was his teammate last year, was asked today. How do you defend him? And he said he'd go man on him, and he'd bracket him. And that's something that the Hawks, I don't think, have done all year. I mean, all I've seen is just soft, buttery zone, you know, in between the 20s, and then they get a little more aggressive inside the 20s. You know,
4: Dick, I don't think they have the personnel, really, to go man-to-man. Because you go man-to-man on Cooper Cup, you're going man-to-man other places, too. Right, right. right. And so they, they don't, they're not doing it. You're right. And I think the reason they're not doing it is because this formula seems to be working for them. Ben, but don't break. But then I'm not sure they have confidence in their ability to shut people down man for man.
2: Yeah, well, one thing we haven't talked about yet is Jamal Adams. And the last time we had you on the air, I think Jamal Adams was still kind of maybe up in the air, but he's done for the season. We saw Ryan Neal step in for him on Sunday. And, you know, maybe not the greatest test. You'll find out more, obviously, if they face a full Rams offense on, on Sunday. But I don't know. I mean, there's a part of you that, feels bad saying they're not going to miss Jamal Adams? You know, we asked Millen on the air that question, and he doesn't think they'll miss him at all, which I know is no surprise to hear Hugh say that. We know what his thoughts are on Jamal Adams, but, I mean, you tell us. uh, How big of a blow is this, not having Jamal Adams the rest of the way?
4: I I think it it hurts the team. I I think, you know, I was was, uh, critical of Mm -hmm. of some of the things he did, but I think his energy level and the stuff that he brings that way to a defense, and if they use him properly, okay, yeah, he'll be missed. Because he, he made plays, and he was physical, and he got guys jacked up, I think. And right. he helped you defense that way.
2: That's the one thing I keep hearing over and over again. When people talk about what they'll miss the most from Jamal Adams, they say they'll miss his energy. Yeah. That's the first thing. Not not his blitzing, yeah. not his coverage skills, not his run-stop defense. Right. It's his energy. But, I mean, is that what you say about a guy who doesn't bring a lot to the table? That they'll miss his energy, right. or is that really that, that important and worth that much? Two things. You got to have more than energy. Yeah. You got to bring more to the table
4: than energy. And then you have to have more players than one to be able to bring energy. Okay, so you, Bobby Wagner or your other leaders. Who are the four, three or four guys that really jack people up on that defense? Be hard, you'd be hard pressed to kind of name them because they're young in some positions. They're, we don't know them quite as well. They're not producing like a Dunlap is not producing like right. he did last year. Right. Who are the guys that Jack the the Diggs is one of them. Yeah. But you got to have more guys. Yeah. You got to have more guys. You can't rely on one guy or two guys. What do you think of Stafford? I like him. E. I like him even though I've there are there have been times this season where all of a sudden you like he goes into a, a
3: two series funk. You know. I or mean, a two month funk. Yeah, just, uh, well. <laughs> he did that in, well, maybe it wasn't two months, but it was almost a month before this
4: week. Yeah, I mean, it, but he, you know, he, the skill level, skill level, he's really talented. Yeah. He can really throw the ball. He's a tough guy. And uh, he, I think, the Rams did a good thing in getting him there uh, because they, they're they close. They're close to, you know, and they know that, and and you got a veteran quarterback that can take you there, I think.
2: Would you care who won that game Monday night if you were coaching the Seahawks right now? Meaning Rams-Cardinals played Monday, right? So so Dick and I talked on Monday at the Queen that the best possible scenario for that game is that both teams would just beat the crap out of each other, right? And you see the Rams again on Sunday. Yeah cardinals winning i think would have helped him more because maybe they make that week 18 game irrelevant which gives you a better chance of winning it but now you're facing the rams they're getting hot you could have faced them coming off a loss where maybe they would have been fired up and ticked off would you have cared either way about the result of that game on monday
4: not really with the with the caveat that i would have been thinking if, if arizona wins Maybe when we play them in the last game of the year, right. they bent, they rest a bunch of guys. Yes. And that would help me. That, that'd be the one thing as far as who how, that game getting uh, either team ready for the next week or the Rams. They, they don't need – the Rams and the Seahawks play, it's going to be a certain way. Regardless, they're, they're, it's a rivalry game. That's They're both going to be fired up. That's the way it is. That's the way it's been. That's the way it's going to be.
3: Is playing on Monday Night Football a disadvantage the next week? Because You got thirty-six hours less to rest.
4: I never thought so. I never thought so. I I, I thought it was a, it was a, if you played on Monday Night. We talked about it before. You were it was kind of an honor because yeah. it was the only game in town. It wasn't Sunday Night. There wasn't Thursday Night. Now with all these other things, it it's a little different. Uh, if you were on Monday Night before, you were p- one of the best teams. Someone thought you were one of the best teams. So that got you on Monday night, right. right? But now, now the tough, the tough one's Thursday, Dick. Yeah, I, the I, I don't even know. I didn't have to do that. Well, I did because we played Thanksgiving. Right. But we would always give the bye the following week, you know. So
2: uh, you would get the, rid of I, Thursday night football, wouldn't you? I would all together.
4: I would. <laughs> yeah, I think I think it's uh, hard on the players. I really do.
2: Well, a lot of players agree with you, including like, Richard Sherman, lo- by the way. I
4: love I love watching the games. No. I mean it's I love watching football. Totally it's with like, you. It's yeah. like where you said, the the play the first playoff weekend, I think it's Saturday, Sunday, Monday.
2: Mm-hmm. Yes. 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 Games?
4: I mean, how good is that?
2: It's going to be incredible. All right, man, good stuff. Enjoy your uh, five-minute commute back to the condo. Thank you very we'll much. We'll see you Thanks, in a week. Coach. I all right?
4: appreciate you doing this for me. Yeah, really you bet.
2: Could. You bet. Just don't forget that, all right? Don't forget that favor. <laughs> all right, Mike Holmgren with us every Thursday from the Central Bar and Restaurant in Bellevue. We'll get a break. Fat Tony Smith from Jacksonville. What is going on with the Jaguars, Urban Myers kick and kickers? He got fired last night. What happened down there? We'll talk to Tony about it. And then Chargers and Chiefs at 520. Coming up right here on a busy Thursday on 950 KJR. Sports Desk,
1: your 950 KJR Sports Headlines.
2: All right, boys and girls, here we go. Headlines on a Thursday night, of course, are brought to you by our friends at VenueKings.com. Why did you ask that question? You're looking for tickets for the next and home game against the Edmonton Oilers on Saturday and Connor McDavid. VenueKings.com, as you covered. Be sure and use code Softie at checkout for a little discount. So uh, where do you want to start with this Rams-Seahawks game? I mean, it's ridiculous. Ram- start with the Rams. Rams now have 25 players Oof. in COVID protocol. The Seahawks today uh, put Tyler Lockett and Alex Collins on COVID list, so we'll see about their status for the game on Sunday. And here's the list of players that did not practice today for the Hawks. Gabe Jackson, DK Metcalf, Brandon Shell, DS Eskridge, Quandry Diggs, Freddie Swain, Al Woods, Carlos Dunlap, and Brian Monet. Wow.
3: Are, they, are oh. any of those guys really hurt, though? <laughs> I have no I idea. Mean, those, these injury reports on Wednesday oh. and Thursday are just kind of. Yeah, but that's a lot of guys, though, yeah, man. Oh, Never, never worried about that. All right, that. cross your fingers, then. Uh, Lamar Jackson, game time decision Sunday as the Ravens host the Packers and Cardinals All-Pro receiver DeAndre Hopkins going to have surgery on a tournament MCL with the earliest possible return date being late January, potentially for an NFC title right. game if they can make it up And the
2: Kraken losing last night, 3-1 to Anaheim. The boys now 10-16-3. They got the Oilers on Saturday at Climate Pledge Arena. And by the way, since facing the Kraken back on December 3rd, the Oilers have now lost six games in a row. Well, the other big story, obviously, of the day, it broke late last night. Urban Meyer, after 13 games, fired as the head coach of the Jacksonville Jaguars. are here to talk about it from Jacksonville. He is the king of sports talk in Jacksonville. Our friend Fat Tony Smith is with us on the radio show. What's up, big boy? How are you, man? Doing well, guys.
0: Appreciate you having me on tonight.
2: So how surprising was last night, maybe not even in just a vacuum, because everything that led to it may not surprise you, but if I would have told you on January 14th that Urban Meyer would be fired on December 16th, you would have said what to us?
0: Yeah, I would have, and that's coming from someone that when the process of discussing even the candidates for the head coaching job in Jacksonville last year began, and it became more and more clear that ShotKon had centered in on Urban Meyer becoming the next Jaguars head coach, discussed it on the show every day that Urban Meyer would be at the absolute bottom of my list, Among the candidates that had been mentioned, the B enemies and those types of guys, he would have been at the absolute bottom of my list. But that's the direction they were clearly going to be going. And it was all the character stuff. I just didn't want to touch it, didn't trust it uh, when everything was said and done. But as you guys know, once they bring a guy in, there's no point in doing that every day, right? He's the head coach you're you would what I'd rather cover a team that's winning than a team that's losing that's a whole heck of a lot more fun you know on a day to day week to week basis so i'm I'm not surprised that it didn't work out with urban Meyer, even with all that being said, I'm stunned that it went as sour as it did as quickly as it did. I'm not surprised by the off-field stuff. I'm stunned that nothing on-field from Urban Meyer was working either and that he was as hands-off and felt as detached from the football side of what the Jacksonville Jaguars were doing as he was. And it all ultimately culminated in him getting fired with four games left to play.
3: Well, I don't think it's any coincidence, is it, that this Josh Lambeau story comes out and the dudes fired twelve hours later? I mean, is he still the coach of the Jaguars? If that story doesn't come out? and And if so, how long is the he the coach of the jaguars?
0: the It, it was feeling more and more like if. Urban was going to be here was only going to be for the last four games. It felt less and less likely that he was going to be here for a second year, given everything that had been going on. I wouldn't fight you too hard on the Lambo story being the kind of final push, but I would say that this week in Jacksonville, Khan was in town. It's the 10th anniversary of him becoming the owner of the team was this week, so he had brought his, his yacht, and he had had local media on it, um earlier this week and talk to you know that group about you know, 10 years of ownership and the way that he sees downtown Jacksonville and all these different things and what the future of the Jaguars might be, he was also in town speaking to coaches on the staff for a couple of days. He was meeting with players that are here in Jacksonville over the course of those couple of days, and who knows what all was said in those meetings, but that's before the Lambeau story broke. I could yeah. see that as the straw that kind of broke the camel's back but it did feel like it was trending in the direction of Urban Meyer being let go. I think it was more likely to happen at the end of the season than last night if the Lambeau story didn't come down, but it was feeling more and more inevitable that Urban Meyer wasn't going to last more than a year in the city.
2: Yeah, Urban had uh, how many years left? Had how much money on his deal?
0: He had four more years left. No one knows what the deal was as far as money. It was never disclosed. So we're okay. still kind of waiting for the details and all that to be worked out. Last I heard this afternoon was that they're trying to work out some agreement on a settlement, whatever all that's right. going to mean, yeah. ultimately for what money he's going to get. But, yeah.
2: Well, that's be my question if he's getting paid. I guess more out of curiosity. But I also wonder, Tony, again, Fat Tony Smith with us from Jacksonville, talking about the Urban Meyer firing last night. You mentioned the name Eric Enemy. Could this be the window that he needs now to step in and and grab this job full time? And does Daryl Bevel, the old OC here in Seattle, have any shot of keeping it?
0: I, I doubt that Daryl Bevel has much of a shot to be the long-term answer uh, for him, but I wouldn't you know, 100% rule him out. I just think it's a very slight chance that he would be the guy. Uh, Eric the was the guy that was at the top of a bunch of lists last year uh, when they began the process of looking for a head coach. We've heard different names. Byron Leftwich is a popular name today, talking about who the next coach might be, given that he was drafted here as a first-round pick, yep. played quarterback here in town. So there's kind of a relationship between the fans And Byron Lethwich in in that regard, and he does feel like that up-and-coming offensive coordinator type guy. Uh, So he's certainly a name that I wouldn't be surprised if it continues to be batted around. Doug Peterson, those types, it's it's a funny situation, right? Because unless the guy is unemployed right now, you can't even really discuss it uh, with him. So you throw out a bunch of names, and who knows how many of them are actually going to stick, Who knows what's going to happen with the general manager position here in Jacksonville when all is said and done with this thing. Are they going to look for a kind of executive VP position? So would a guy like Tony Dungy, you know, we even discussed a little bit today, be someone that you come in and basically just hand the keys to the kingdom and say, hey, you pick a GM, you pick a coach. That's at least a direction that we thought and talked about a little bit today, but it's all so wide open. And, again, we're only a day into Urban Meyer being fired, and they got four games left to play on top of it. There's a bunch of tentacles still going with that story.
3: Uh, Tony, of the many missteps that he made in these 11 months, which one ticked off Jags fans the most?
0: Who? Um, I think the one that got up people's ire the most was the way that he handled the James Robinson situation. Hmm. It's... Not hard to see that James Robinson, even on a really bad football team, was has been their best offensive player. This is now two years that he's been in the league, and he's been their best offensive player in both of those years. And he gets benched for fumbling uh, three weeks ago. Okay, you pull him off the field for a couple of plays. He's also dealing with a couple of different injuries. And then the next week he fumbles again, and he gets pulled off the field for a whole half essentially, and everyone's wondering what's going on. Urban Meyer gave three different answers as to what happened, and another answer came out in the Tom Pellicero story that broke last weekend about what happened, who made the decision to bench James Robinson. I'm right. still not sure that we'll ever have any concrete idea of who made that decision, whether it was injury, whether it was Urban Meyer, whether it was a position coach, ultimately when it was said and done, but he is their best offensive player, and that they were treating him that way reflected poorly on Urban Meyer. It reflects poorly on the organization. Everyone else is watching how you're treating these guys. How are you going to attract anyone to come to Jacksonville if you're treating your best player that way? And I think fans seeing the potential repercussions for that kind of decision with that player in James Robinson were really upset with what they were doing.
2: All right, Tony, before you go, and again, Fat Tony Smith from uh, 1010 uh, Radio XL, 92.5 FM in Jacksonville with us on the radio. show. you got to pick one, boom or bust for Trevor Lawrence. Which way is this going?
0: Uh, boom. And I'm, I'm still very, very confident that Trevor Lawrence is going to be a great quarterback when everything is said and done. I, I think he's been Stuck adrift at sea, you know, after being shipwrecked uh, throughout most of this year with what they've been able to get done offensively, but you still see flashes uh, week to week with Trevor Lawrence. Last week was a miserable week statistically, but as I said, there were still some positive things with Trevor Lawrence in the midst of his worst game of the year. They got four games left. Hopefully, you feel better about him in four weeks than you feel about his performances right now. But no, my confidence has not been shaken in Trevor Lawrence at all. Yeah.
2: Well, there's not much around him, man. There's no. Doubt about that. This is like the yeah. opposite. And uh, the Hawks, when they built everything around Russell, he shows up and he's got the highest-paid line in football. He's got Golden Tate, Zach Miller, Doug Baldwin, Sidney Rice, Marshawn Lynch, and Michael Robinson. Oh, no, by the way, he's got the best defense maybe in the history of the NFL on the opposite side yeah, of the ball. Bad. So yeah. they've done the exact opposite. All right, Tony, it's going to be a fun couple of weeks down there, man. Enjoy it. Have a great Christmas, and we'll talk soon, brothers. Thank you, pal.
0: Appreciate it, guys.
2: Thank you. You got it. Tony Smith down there in Jacksonville. Trevor Lawrence, by the way, 58%, nine uh, touchdowns, 14 picks. He's got a passer rating of 68.9. Wow. You think uh, the Jaguars can beat Houston this week? Are they playing each other? Yes.
3: (laughs) They play Houston this week. Oh, wow. And the Jets next week. Oh, (laughs) my God. Which means that there is more than a reasonable chance that Daryl Bevel could have as many wins as Urban Meyer. That is unreal. In the next two
2: weeks. Oh, God. And that's two. That is just gross. <laughs> Jaguars, Texans, and Jaguars, Jets. You know who? Not even Jaguar fans or Jet fans want to watch that. We're <laughs> going to break. we got a game tonight that's the exact opposite. Chargers and Kansas City. We'll get to that coming
0: up next on Night 950- 50. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win?